Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mysterious AF. I am one of your hosts, Charles. And I am Celeste. And we are back once again to talk about some weird documentaries that we watched. <laughs> so uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, maybe grab a drink and get ready for an interesting discussion. This is a dark one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to uh, some of the other things we've talked about, this gets a little more intense, more adult. We watched the documentary Unacknowledged, which was, I think, made in 2017 and came out in 2017. I think so. The Netflix description describes this documentary as noted UFO expert Dr. Stephen Greer interviews witnesses and presents classified documents concerning the existence of extraterrestrials. And it's trending right now on Netflix. Oh, it is? Yeah. Wow. At least (laughs) that's what Netflix is telling me. (laughs) Yeah, so um, another extraterrestrial-themed show. And we do plan on doing more than that. Yeah, we've just kind of been on this kick with UFOs and extraterrestrials, and that seems to be... Popular. Right, yeah, popular. <laughs> what, what is popular? I mean, everything we've watched has been on Netflix, so, um, I mean, we will expand out, but we're just kind of picking the low-hanging fruit or what's easy <laughs> right now. They start out with the question, as in everything, are we alone in the universe? For as long as mankind has fixed his gaze upon the heavens, the age-old question has remained. Are we alone in the universe? the eternal question. Did you have anything from right off the bat and they kind of lead us in? Not really. They kind of just jump right in to a press conference Mm -hmm. which apparently took place May 2001 where they had military, government, and corporate witnesses uh, witnesses to what? We're not really sure, but they held a press conference in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And they kind of describe a decades-long conspiracy that covers up extraterrestrial visitations to the Earth. Yeah, and they also cover up the technology that the extraterrestrials right. that we apparently have possession of that could be solved or used to kind of solve social issues is, is what they're talking about. And it's the National Press Club. Yeah, we're introduced to Dr. Greer, who's mm-hmm. like our main subject of this documentary. Or Yeah. I'm going to introduce a man who says, there are more things between heaven and hell than any of us have accepted. And I have the witnesses and the documents to prove it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Stephen Greer. He is the founder of the Disclosure Project, which is basically disseminating these classified documents to the people of the world. (laughs) Right. And we can get more into this later, but did you ever figure out how, like, he starts, he is a doctor, like an ER doctor, medical doctor. Yes. At some point, he starts this, gets involved with these people. They don't really say, like, what the stepping stone was. Like, how did he go from ER doctor to talking to the CIA and the president about UFOs. Yeah, they they don't really give you the stepping stones. I know later, a little bit later in, in this documentary, he mentions that when he was eight years old, yeah. um, he did see a When he was eight or nine, he saw a UFO with some boys from his neighborhood. And that, I guess, stuck with him forever, and he went on to go to medical school. And then 
or yeah, worked as an ER doctor yeah. and I, I guess decided to start um, hunting UFOs, UFOs or exposing. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, is he like an inspiration for Mulder, Mulder's character? <laughs> but yeah, it, we don't get, you know, if something else happened that he was like, I should go back to exposing the secrets yeah. of extraterrestrials. And, mm. and, and it goes into credits, which... Oh. I thought it was funny because they set these credits to What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. I Louis immediately Armstrong. started sobbing. <laughs> did. <laughs> did you play that at your wedding? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It was so sad because it was, it was a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. And then they have like just pictures of war and protests. It's and, very like, graphic. Yeah, political figures. And it's just like we've totally destroyed this planet. Yeah, it, I was violence. surprised this was rated TVMA, and I was like, is it just going to be graphic? Like, what is what is this about? And they, yeah, they show, they show the plane crashing into the World Trade Center. They show what appeared to be a small child laying face down in the surf on a beach. There's no subtitles of what the events are but it, it's very disturbing I guess yeah. and, and some like, some you recognize like the plane and, yeah as like historical events and other things are just showing like poverty and mm-hmm. you know just various clips of people shooting each other and protests so it's like they're coming out heavy hitting like yeah we're gonna we're gonna mess with your emotions and, <laughs> and then you're gonna believe in in the existence of extra terrestrial life and um, they also I don't know who quoted this or if it just flashed up on the screen, but they said, it's estimated for every grain of sand on Earth, there's one Earth-like planet capable of sustaining life, which I thought was mind-blowing. Yeah. I, I don't know who... <laughs> what credibility? Yeah. But I I hadn't heard that before, and that's that's a lot. There's a lot of that grains of sand on Earth. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I'm open to it. Like, I, I honestly don't think we're alone. I have no problem with thinking that Mm-hmm. There would be other life forms yeah. out there somewhere. It's a big place. Yeah, um, I I agree. All right. <laughs> so going in, they they lead us into Act One, subtitled "An Embarrassment of Riches." <laughs> it's always asked, "Where's the evidence, or where's the beef on the UFO issue?" In fact, we have so much evidence that Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was in charge of Project Blue Book for the Air Force, stated that it's an embarrassment of riches. We have so much. There's just so much evidence that it's embarrassing that we wouldn't believe in it. Or... Right. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what he's he's saying because he talks about how people and the government have known this for years. And yeah. Then we get introduced to Richard Doty. I like this guy a lot. He seems very <laughs> normal. Yeah. In a way, uh, credible, not matter of fact, sensational. He's a he's a retired. Special agent with the Air Force. So mm-hmm. Not exactly sure what yeah. that means, but you got to think he's involved in some stuff. Yeah, he, from what I gleaned, he worked with extraterrestrial visitations on Earth, um, and he started at Roswell. And and speaking of Roswell, they they do of course talk about Roswell. The they have there's a document about the UFO, UFO crash um, that it was the number one viewed document. On the FBI website, which yeah. I thought was insane. So they started releasing these documents recently. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they show... We kind of go through a lot of, you know... Dr. Greer is just like... Pulling files yeah. out of the wazoo. <laughs> like, Look at this. Look at that. It <laughs> yeah. says right here. And you're like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they talk about the Roswell incident. And this 
more information, I think, than I've ever heard before about it. Somebody, you know, is saying, like, it was actually an oval-sized egg-shaped craft, not a saucer. Mm -hmm. The inside of the ship didn't have levers or flight control system like we would think it would have. It right. seemed kind of... The interior craft was... Uh, it didn't have any actual levers or flight control systems that we would identify as a flight control system. And it was done all by hands. The creatures would put their hands on controls and they'd have this headset on. And this headset would somehow control or, or help them control the aircraft. Have you been to Roswell before? No. I have been to the UFO Museum. Really? Way back in, in high school, which was a while ago. But um, <laughs> they have they have a whole museum that you can go through, which is a tourist trap. But of course, I was like, we have to go. Yeah, I would go. Um, and I don't remember seeing an egg or, you know, a pod-like. Well, thing. I feel like the pictures I've always seen is like, it looks like a tiny saucer, like crammed into the desert. Right, yeah. But I don't know if that was, a, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if that's a real photo or if it's just someone's depiction of what. It could be an artist's rendition, like exactly. the, the blast under the, <laughs> the lander. But they also say that there were three to four bodies. The creatures were about uh, four foot some of the creatures were were, were uh, uh, mangled, uh, were heavily uh, injured, and their bodies were, were torn apart. There were four uh, aliens aboard that thing, and those aliens went to Los Alamos. And it sounds like they're like what you imagine as aliens. Yeah, and one of the things I thought was interesting is the guy that's talking about them, you know, he's describing their physical appearance, the large eyes, the thin bodies, but he makes sure to point out that they were clothed. They weren't yeah. nude like most people think they are. They had a really thin jumpsuit. Yeah. Like a <laughs> Alien unitard. <jumpsuit. laughs> yeah. Um, on, so. And they mentioned like one survived until 1952. Yeah. I was like, what? Where did, what's going on with that? They, yeah. And they just don't really pursue that little. I mean, I'm tidbit. sure it's classified, but mm -hmm. like, where does your information come from? How do you know? How do you know this long? It was just like. I need to know more about this. Yeah, and to me, these interviews seemed legitimate. Like, they didn't seem like actors. They seemed like they actually believed what they were talking about was real um, and not yeah. fabricated. Like, they weren't making it up. And maybe I was just being naive after watching well, some other yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, after our first two episodes, these are the most credible people I've come across. I yes. Think. Yeah. They also said that there were over 100 crashes in the Four Corners area yeah. of Utah. It's a hot spot, maybe. Yeah. yeah, so, and I guess the other thing I wrote down was that this disclosure project was formed in 2001. So I guess at the time of the press conference, they're like, we're going to have this project and release these documents and expose uh, these, these alien secrets yeah. um, that whoever has been hiding from the public for years. So, we kind of just get started with people's stories, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first guy is, uh, I worked for the airlines. He was a FAA division chief. His name is John Callahan. And he tells us about a flight over Alaska in 1986. Yeah. Where they catch a large UFO on radar, and I think it's seen by the pilots. It was a Japanese pilot saw, yeah. spotted a large craft. Um, and they were able to get radar data for the first time, like you're saying. So, um, and then they, I think they're kind of showing us too. Like John says, they came and got they, being the government or mm -hmm. whoever, 
came and collected all this data, and John's like... And I had the pilot's report that came through, and I had the FAA's first report that was all downstairs on my table. They didn't ask for that, so I didn't give it to them. We're seeing kind of like where where their data is coming from or where their evidence is coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys are on the job, and they just kept some things that maybe they weren't supposed to, but... Right, which I was like, do you fear for your life? Like, yeah. <laughs> these are secrets that are so big, and now you're going to be on this documentary. Um, well, they did say, too, earlier that, like, there were hundreds of people, but they just didn't want to be part of the film or on camera because they were afraid. That's true. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. I mean... Yeah, because I feel like the next guy that they show, or maybe it was... They have him in shadow. Yeah, they do have one guy in shadow. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest of shadows. No, I mean, he had very distinctive features. Like, he had a, a white beard, and you could see that Charles, he was Charles, don't give him away. Well, <laughs> hopefully you will watch this. But in case you don't, now you'll know what he looks like. It could be your grandpa. It could, it could be, be somebody you know. Yeah. We don't know. Um, and I think he's the one that talks about the F-104 flying over the Rhine River. Yeah. And he saw a UFO disappear. And his supervisor person in charge said, don't say anything. Don't say anything. We'll get, we'll get in trouble. I'll get in trouble. So just keep it to yourself and hush, hush. Move along. And then there was a conditioned zebra alert. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting name for an alert. Yeah. So this guy was on a base and they had this alert. He thought it was a drill, but then turned out not to be a drill. Again, a UFO is caught on radar. It's moving fast. The orders were to try to get it down. Yeah, get the U get the object out of the sky. Yeah, shoot the damn UFO. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't. Nope. Um, I was like, I don't think that's going to work out well for you. <laughs> and then the next visitation, not visitation, but spotting was uh, Stonehenge, England area. Mm -hmm. um, Major George A. Filer the Third from the Air Force was requested from London to intercept a UFO over Stonehenge. So he's flying out there, gonna intercept this UFO. He says he gets about a mile away from the UFO and it flies away. And London Control said, it's okay. And then- Move along. Yeah, just <laughs> carry on with whatever you're doing. And then uh, Major Filer says that he got to meet Prince Philip and Prince Philip was aware of- Yeah, talk to him about it. Yeah. So, and that's what made this pilot a believer. And they said that this thing looked like a cruise ship. Right, yeah. Which I didn't know, like, I just was... <laughs> like, cruise ships are huge. <laughs> yeah, was it just in size or was it in shape? He doesn't really say, he just says a cruise ship with lights, so... Yeah. I mean, aliens probably take cruises. <laughs> it's an extraterrestrial cruise. <laughs> We're an exotic location. Yeah, they wanted to see Stonehenge. Yeah. So, like, just let them do their thing. They just want to look at it. <laughs> Maybe they don't have that where they come from, you know. Rocks piled on top of each other. Ooh. <laughs> don't see that every day. So I I don't know what part this is, but I said, okay, Dr. Greer, I see you've been working out with that tight polo on. <laughs> <laughs> it just caught my, caught my eye. Like he was, he's a, yeah, he's a good looking older man who works out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta look at your surroundings, you know, and you're watching these things, and most of these people it look kind of crazy. Adds to his credibility. Yeah, you know, like, he takes care of himself. Yes, thank you, Doctor Greer. Good job. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we find out randomly 
just a little tidbit, Dr. Greer's uncle helped design the module that was used in the first moon landing. So that might have spurred on his interest in this sort of thing as well. Just a little side tidbit there. Yeah, and they they also have Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Was that that his uncle or is that... I don't think that was his uncle. I don't think so either. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, because, well, he was an Apollo 14 astronaut, so... Um, and he just goes on to say, Yes, there have been ET visitation. There have been crashed craft. There have been uh, uh, material and bodies recovered. And there is some group of people somewhere that may or may not be associated with government at this point, but certainly were at one time, that have this knowledge and uh, have been attempting to conceal this knowledge. Yeah, six uh, men to walk on the moon. If yeah. you believe they did, in fact, yeah. walk on the moon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they they seem to be collecting some really legitimate yeah. pieces of evidence um, and presenting them in a logical manner, <laughs> uh, as opposed to some of the other stuff we've seen. Yes. <laughs> on some of the other shows. So moving on. Yeah. Then this next guy was hard. He was another astronaut, Gordon Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who saw, he saw it? Yeah, he, he was landing the capsule and saw a UFO or an ET vehicle, is what he says. On the moon? Or Maybe hovering by the moon? Okay. He doesn't he really go into... really hard to understand, and I even have the closed caption on. I was involved in the research and development and doing very classified programs myself, so I knew that we didn't have any vehicles of that kind. The Russians didn't have any of that type either. It kind of reminds me of uh, the neighbor on King of the Hill that's like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was difficult to to understand what he was saying. I feel bad because he probably probably had a stroke or something. He's an old astronaut. But But bless the heart of the person who captioned this because I would have given up. (laughs) (laughs) A little difficult. And then we kind of learn that aliens seem to be interested in our nuclear technology. Yeah, they talk about how there have been mystery intruders over nuclear bases and research, and that the UFOs shoot beams of light at the warhead or the bomb, and that disables it. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be... I got the impression that these were just nukes that they were trying to set into space for whatever reason. I don't know, testing or whatnot, but it seemed like a few times they tried to send him out into outer space and that's when they saw the UFOs come and shoot. Yeah, they they talk about a glowing glowing red object that was hovering and they believe that the missiles were shot down by this thing. And it kind of reminded me of that object that Stan sees in one of his many, many videos, but that's what first popped into my mind was Stan. Is this you again? Get out uh, of that base. Yeah. And with your laser lights. So they they go on to say that Roswell was actually not the beginning, but it was a turning point in our relationship with the aliens. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was they said that Roswell was the, at the time of the UFO, they picked up around 1947, I guess. And they said that Roswell was the only nuclear armed base. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. At that time. So that was kind of interesting. So, yeah, these aliens are like, no way, Jose. You're not... Yes. What are you doing? Fudging up the the world with your nuclear 
explosions coming into space, or you're not going to. You could. Up. I mean, I don't know. Would that cause a black hole? I mean, it seems problematic to me. Don't just like <laughs> throw nukes into space that's without a, knowing what's going to happen. That's a good question. We need somebody with. Uh, <laughs> if you know what would happen, please write to us and tell us what what would occur if a nuke went yeah. into outer space. Because we need to know. Yeah, maybe black hole seems feasible to me. So that's what I think would happen. I believe the American people are entitled to a more thorough explanation than has been given them by the Air Force. I think we owe it to the people to establish credibility regarding UFOs and to produce the greatest possible enlightenment of the subject. Former President Gerald Ford. Which I didn't know that he was such a proponent of that. Um, yeah, we kind of learned that a few presidents are. Yeah. It's and Gorbachev, I think they had talked about it at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He mentioned something about UFOs, and so I thought that was interesting. I yeah, hadn't heard that before. And then we're introduced to Daniel Sheenhan, who's a constitutional attorney. Oh, yeah, it kind of just introduces him here. He doesn't go into a whole lot of jumble, but he's saying that people at the top, you know, they're given these security clearances. They should be stable individuals, mm-hmm. and yet when they start to speak out about UFOs, they're suddenly cra- crazy people. Mm-hmm. And if they're such crackpots, then why are they in these high-level positions? Yeah. Just gives us a little bit of something to think about. Yeah, so I guess Carl Sagan is Dr. Greer's arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know who he was, Carl Sagan? I didn't. I didn't no. either. no. I, I was like, is he a comedian? Who is this person? I, know. I was like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Who is this? Yeah. But apparently scientist, astronomer, he must have been on a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Well, I did Wikipedia. He he wanted to bring science to the people. So I think he tried to put science in a way that the lay person would understand. Like Schoolhouse Rock? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that dumbed down. But... <laughs> He was on a lot of TV just explaining random things, and I guess UFOs and ETs were one of those things. For all I know, we may be visited by a different extraterrestrial civilization every second Tuesday. But there's no support for this appealing idea. The extraordinary claims are not supported by extraordinary evidence. Dr. Greer, I think it was Dr. Greer, says that he, Carl Sagan started as a believer and then apparently is blackmailed by the CIA to change his tune. Yeah, and when, I guess, they show the clip of Carl Sagan, Dr. Greer's reaction is he kind of chuckles, and he's like, they always want to see the evidence, but then I have this evidence, and they, I guess, don't want to see it or acknowledge it or don't want to deal with it. It's just easier to brush it under the rug and say people are crazy than moving forward with that. And I think it's around this time that he also mentions the little body. The little body, yeah. Which I I did have in my notes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, this, we get this little creepy alien body that pops up on the screen, and he's like, oh, this is our side project, and, you're, and then it's gone. And yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> right, and it looks like a keychain to me. Like, it was, <laughs> I was like, that's like a little keychain you would have. <gasps> did I ever tell you about the little skeleton keychain? No. I wish you would. Yeah. I want to get into a long story, but when we first moved into our, ho- our childhood home, there was a little skeleton keychain in the house that we found. And my mom hated it because she hates all things, you know, oh, it's satanic, sort of little keychain. 
we threw that thing out like five times. It kept showing back up in the house. That is I kid you not. Cre- like, I, that's creepy. Like everyone in the family found it at least once and we're like, why is this back here? Didn't we throw this out yesterday? And we're like, yes, throw it out again. And then like the next day it would be back. Did you take it like to the outside dumps like trash receptacle? Um, I think, I feel like we probably tried to burn it one time. Okay, we had I was going to ask barrel. if you burned it too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that was the last time. You I don't remember. finally dispelled the Maybe. evil spirit from... Yeah. I'm sure well, your mom felt much better. The The rumor was that one of the people in the house, uh, or one of the people that lived there in the house before us had committed suicide. So we were, like, convinced that this guy was, like, that was his keychain. This sounds like a <laughs> great story. Like, this is a hotbed. Of, like, nothing that, like, that has ever happened to me. <laughs> we <laughs> so, should dive into it sometime. Yeah. We need to send some recording anyway. places and, yeah, figure anyway, out Anyway, this on. little body that you looked up for us... Yeah, do you... I have it written on my last page because I didn't think I'd written about it. I didn't write a whole lot. You told me to, but I didn't. Well, so it's kind of... it's You know, Dr. Greer kind of teases us here with (laughs) this this image of a little body, which she says, we have evidence of this little body. Well, he has another documentary called Sirius, and I looked up what it was, and they go into more detail about this tiny body, and it... Um, is actually a six-inch human skeleton known as the Atacama skeleton, and it is human and of Chilean ancestry. So it is not an alien body as we are led to believe in this in this documentary. So yeah, maybe just... we'll watch that one down the line, but, I mean, the mystery's over, so... <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so maybe not. But we never see this the... They kind of just move on from this, and I guess probably because they have that other documentary in the works or whatever, but Mm -hmm. we don't see this little alien body again. Right, yeah. And and Dr. Groove goes on to say that he wants to make peaceful contact. That's his goal, and and the aliens haven't ever shown that they're hostile toward humans. They don't want nukes going out into space, but they aren't trying to take us over. Right. Anything. Yeah, I think later, this is later, he says, like, oh, if they wanted to kill us, they could have killed us, but they're obviously letting us live here, so right. let's make peaceful contact. Yeah, and this is, again, where we learn about, we already mentioned it, he sees, Dr. Greer sees a UFO as a child. He's been interested ever since. In 1990, he forms the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. It's a yes. lot of big words. And, yeah, like you said, make peaceful contact. And I guess out of that comes the disclosure project that we're kind of... Yeah, it's starting to form. Yeah. And he says in ni- by 1992, after he's been collecting this yes. information and doing this study, he was approached by military personnel um, or officials and because he was trying to make contact. And he said that President Bill Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, supported him mm-hmm. in his endeavors. Which... See, this is the jump. Like, was he making that much waves that, like, were, were government officials coming forward to him to tell their stories, or were they... He kind of makes it sound like they were trying to get information from him mm-hmm. already at this point, which maybe was true. I don't know. Yeah, he's he kind of makes himself out to be, or this whole show makes him out to be this warehouse of knowledge yeah. about extraterrestrials. All this evidence. And, yeah, and all this evidence and he's just the one guy with his project so oh and this is where (laughs) oh i I did write too in my notes like dr greer you know you're hearing him speak he is normal like i think we already covered stable person he seems well educated he is a real doctor Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like a crackpot 
But then I see what I think is video footage of Stan Romanak's little silver bullet that he captures. And yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Stan. Stan. Stan, you're back. You will never, never not haunt yeah. us. Yep. Which could be the only real evidence that Stan ever had. Who knows? Yeah. And if they're going to put it in this show, it's probably legitimate. Legit. So do you have anything else about Act 1 before we go down the rabbit hole of Act 2? Yeah. Let's do it. So Act 2 starts out down the rabbit hole, and they question whether or not the government can keep a big secret while they show an image of Monica Lewinsky. I know! Which I... was I, like, what? <laughs> I could not... It was like, is this... Are they trying to be funny? Like, it's gone from some serious war images with this song to showing Monica Lewinsky yeah. and talking about government secrets, yeah. which... I don't know. It, it made me laugh. It, it was kind of comical, yeah, to see her face there. But then they go into <laughs> real secrets that were kept, mm-hmm. like the Manhattan Project, which developed the atom bomb. They kept that secret. They threatened workers, I guess, jail time if they talked about it to anybody. And I don't think it's any secret that the government keeps secrets. I think we all know that there's stuff we don't know about. Yeah. And that stealth bomber. Remember when that came out? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big secret. Yeah. And then finally it was revealed, like, oh, yeah, we do have this thing. We do have this technology yeah. and are making this stuff. And mm-hmm. um, One interesting tidbit I found was the CIA was formed within weeks of the Roswell incident, mm-hmm. is what they said. Which, uh, interesting, I didn't know that, and... Yeah, I mean, it could have been coincidence, but, Mm -hmm. again, they lead us to believe, like, it was specifically created after this incident for... Incident? Incident? Incident, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For a purpose. (laughs) For the purpose of of covering up the... Yeah, or the study of, or Mm -hmm. the, you know... Right. And then the Air Force apparently splits from the Army to become its own thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And, again, they allude to the fact that it now needs to chase down aliens secretly. And they, and they talk about how the military has this deep black budget. Super secret, unacknowledged budget that runs in the 100 to 200 billion dollars a year. I'm being conservative. My 03 budget calls for more than 48 billion dollars in new defense spending more money for the pentagon when its own auditors admit the military cannot account for 25 percent of what it already spends according to some estimates we cannot track 2.3 trillion dollars in transactions 2.3 trillion with a t that's eight thousand dollars for every man woman and child in america you know it's just being sucked away by the military industrial complex into these deep secret programs. Right. right. Yeah, I, I wrote, it's getting a little political. It is getting a little <laughs> <'Cause> they, political. Because <laughs> he then also, and maybe you have something before this, so please interject, but he talks about Edward Snowden and yeah. how the secrecy that Snowden exposed was legal secrecy. Or like, it was legal for the government to keep those secrets, but... So the government says. But yeah. Anyway. But this UFO secrecy is illegal. Like, they shouldn't be keeping those secrets. And so that's why he's exposing these documents. Mm -hmm. The next major heading I have is, like, the structure of secrecy. So we kind of... And more secretly secret things being secret. There's secrecy that is illegal. And these are the Unacknowledged Special Access Projects. USAPs. U-S-A-P for short. 
It shows a brief that he wrote for President Obama yeah. with like all these operations listed that were supposedly secret that were running out of Area 51 or what he calls the Nellis facility, which is actually what Area 51 is called, which hmm. I thought was interesting. Yeah, so he has this briefing for Obama, but he said that the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff was yeah. not allowed to know this information. So No, yeah, like the guy called, he got a hold of like one of these program i called the secretary and was like hey secret program can i learn about your stuff and they were like no nope you're not hard pass you can't (laughs) so yeah we start to find out like people are on a need-to-know basis and apparently like the director of the cia the president Mm -hmm. various other you know high ranking people are not in on the uh secret uh dick cheney he would have a need to know they call him darth cheney I, I had that too. Dick Cheney equals Darth Cheney. <laughs> yeah, they also, he kind of just says there's these unacknowledged special projects. And if you know this information, they want to know if you will go along with their agenda and not yeah. cause a stink and right. fight for what's right. And then my next thing I had was they show an interview with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And she's looking into the UFOs, but she says that they are now called UAPs, Mm -hmm. Unexplained Aerial Phenomenon. Yeah. Nobody uses that term. Yeah. It was just kind of like a, I think she was on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel was on this like five times. Yeah. And he's constantly talking about UFOs with presidents. Yep. Yeah. And and then Dr. Greer gets a a visit from former President Clinton's friend, um, but he won't disclose who it is. Yeah, who it is. I guess Clinton was concerned that he would end up like Kennedy if he disclosed this right. UFO information. Because Greer is trying to get, he's like, hey, why don't you use a presidential order, executive order, to mm-hmm. like declassify all this UFO info? And yep. then, yeah, they say like, oh, it's too dangerous. Clinton won't do it. He's afraid he'll be killed. Yeah, it starts to get dark like it's been dark and then they had the monica Lewinsky thing and jimmy kimmel interview but then now they're saying basically that kennedy was killed because of secret leaks and we get more into that a little bit later but uh this is just yeah going down the rabbit hole so we'll just keep on going down (laughs) um yeah we hear that jimmy carter after he was elected wanted to talk to the director of the cia about it um and the director at that time was george hw bush I, was I like, did not what? know that. I didn't either. <laughs> I, did I was not like, know that explains that. so much. <laughs> but he said Jimmy Carter saw a UFO. Yeah. And yeah, um, contacted George H. W. Bush and requested information, and Bush denied him. Yeah. So that I did not know that. That was interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. Cool and scary a little bit. Um, Bushes scare me. <laughs> well. Yeah, they, they have that effect on some yeah. people, so. Oh, and then this is, like, randomly thrown in there. Um, I think it's the Sheenhan, the lawyer, again, is saying. Congressional Research Service of the Library of Congress, their Science and Technology Division, based on all the information uh, classified and declassified that they have reviewed, the, their projection was that there were at least from two to six other highly intelligent, highly technologically developed, but non-human civilizations just in our Milky Way galaxy. What? what? I don't know what that means for us or what's going to happen. <laughs> they just kind of state this fact. And you're like, okay, I'll take this information and process it and yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. We're moving on. 
I don't know, at this point, it seemed like Dr. Greer was getting sad about something, like... It's hard talking about this. <clears throat> trying to say, uh, I was a young doctor, asked to do something like this. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm a doctor in an ER, taking care of shootings and stabbings and car wrecks. And I'm being asked to brief the CIA director on stuff because he and the president are being lied to? What? You know, are you... I, I said, are you fucking crazy? I'm assuming this was President Clinton at this time, but I'm not positive that's the president he's talking about. But, like, he said that this was devastating to him to find out that his own president could get this information mm -hmm. from... I don't know, whoever he's supposed to get it from. <laughs> well, and is this this information, I feel like it's been called different things, but I had Project Starlight, he says was being sabotaged. Did you have I don't have that? that. Okay. Which was the project to bring the were UFO you, stuff to light. Were you getting stuff just like beamed into your brain? <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was late. It was a late night and I was like... <laughs> What is going on? There's there's a lot of information in this. I know, it's very was. dense. That's probably in there. It's, I was probably just distracted by Dr. Creer like sobbing as he's talking about this. Yeah. I'm like, why are you why are you crying about this? I don't I guess he just feels like so much is being held back that could help us that he's mm -hmm. just like really upset about it, but it was kinda odd. Yeah, and I I guess at this point I was like, okay, this is getting a little questionable as to the validity and like Yeah. Because um, they have a Lieutenant Robert Jacobs, Ph.D., um, who's talking about how the secret stuff exists and how it's not being brought to light. But he also says the word shit <laughs> while he's wearing an ascot, which I found completely unacceptable. So I, I yeah, was not okay with that. The ascot as a whole was unacceptable? Just the fact that he's going to use foul language while wearing an ascot. On a documentary. It's not professional. Definitely not. It was upsetting. Yeah. Enough for me to take a note about it. <laughs> it's like, can't take you seriously with an ascot Sorry. on Sorry. Well, then we start to hear about people having their careers ruined while trying to come forward with this. Or killed. Or killed or threatened. And then we get into... Marilyn Monroe. Mm, she was sleeping with all the Kennedys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Burl Ives said that she did not die of an overdose. On August 3rd, 1962, a reporter with Rothberg and a friend they had were talking about this wiretap. Um, mm -hmm. Monroe was having an affair, like you said, both of the Kennedys. And she talked about the secret aircraft stuff. Yeah. So, so she got murdered. Basically. Yeah. Which I think we all believe, right? Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we think somebody took her out for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And she yeah, apparently had threatened also to like hold a press conference and talk about what she knew. So she was kind of, I think she was a little jaded because I think they had broken off the relationship yeah. and she was being kind of shunned and she didn't like it. Right. And they don't specifically say that on this wiretap, she said UFOs that just said secret aircraft craft stuff yeah I think. so in in my view it's like well we don't know for sure that they were t maybe it was like the new bomber you mm -hmm. know whatever was being built that's but, true it could have been anything really. but yeah they, they want you to think that she was talking about having this ufo knowledge and that's why she got killed yeah they managed to bring that into this one too 
So. <laughs> this thing's got everything. Sex, drugs, well, not really. The media, the big media. media. <laughs> I, that's um, kind of the next thing I have that they go into. Yeah, is that. yeah. We get the uh, we get the song. It's a media obsolete. A media obsolete. The whole media is controlled by fewer corporations. Thanks to deregulation by the FCC. You mean Disney, Fox, Westinghouse, and good old GE? They own networks from CBS to CNBC. They can use them to say. The song talks about how, you know, media is basically controlled by, I don't know, four major companies or something like that. Right. I think it's Greer is talking about how he, he calls this psychological warfare through the media. So they control it and they tell you what to think, basically. They also go on to state that 5% of the U.S. population has seen these UFOs. Did you already say that? I did not say that. Okay. Is that what you had next? Sorry. I was distracted because the power was like kind of flashing and I was worried. Yeah, weird. We might be being abducted or being taken out. We don't know. (laughs) Nobody will ever hear this. But I guess, so 5% um, of the population has seen one of these objects. So I guess, have you ever seen one? I have not. Whoa, what was that? I'm getting a freaked out now. It's like part of the power went out. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what that, that noise was. <laughs> we will keep going. This um, is not fake, you guys. This Weird is not shit fake. Is happening right I'm glad now. you're here and I'm not home alone because Nate's out of town. This would be really creepy. <laughs> the lights are still on. Yeah, I just don't know what that noise was. It sounded like a phone notification. Yeah. But from your living room, what do you have in there? Just, um, the tea, but nothing's on in there. I don't, hmm. I don't know. So we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> if you don't hear from us again, well. you, we have been abducted. <laughs> so you have not seen a UFO. No, have you? I, no, I have not. So, um, if you're listening and you have seen oh, one gosh, or yes. know somebody that has, we would love for Tell you to us. write to us, send us a voice clip. And I, d- I don't think I know anybody who has, and it's not something I usually ask people, unless I have known them for a while. I know of several stories of family members who say they have. They seem credible enough. Yeah. I mean, just weird, weird stuff floating in the sky. Not like, I was abducted or anything like that. Right. But like, I know it wasn't a plane, and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I feel like my parents have said something about that, because my dad used to work in the military side of Boeing out at Edwards oh. Air Force Base in California. He's got to have stories, man. He probably does. So I'll see him this weekend and... Say, I want the truth. <laughs> get out my little recorder and say, <laughs> tell us the story. Tell us if you've seen some UFOs. Yeah. And please tell me you were not drunk or something at the time. <laughs> well, that's what they kind of talk about, too, is... They, they're kind of saying, like, what do you do when you can't really hide a secret, well, you put it in plain sight. So they're mm-hmm. like, sure, they share stories, but who do you see? You see the Stan Romanacs who mm-hmm. come off as crazy kooks. They're always the redneck getting abducted. I was about to say, I think they like, refer to them as crazy rednecks. Yeah, exactly. Like, And then you watch those and you're like, oh, geez, here's another meth head saying mm-hmm. he was abducted. I mean, it puts the seed of doubt in your mind. So yeah. that when you do hear maybe a friend or whatever talking about it, you're like, uh, okay. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sure don't believe you. Yeah, the they also go on to 
state, or Richard Doty from earlier says that the CIA has people embedded Mm -hmm. in the media to change the narrative, um, and that they're paid good money. We pay them good money. One of the good, one of the reasons you get the people is you pay them, and uh, and that was controversial. That that was somewhat controversial. Do you know of national media that have had? Oh something? yes, yes, yeah. I'm not going to name them. We now have relationship with reporters from every underlined major wire service, newspaper, news weekly, and television network in the nation. In many instances, we have persuaded reporters to postpone, change, hold, or even scrap stories that could have adversely affected national security interests or jeopardized our sources and methods. And it goes on to then say that they have the same within academic circles. There's a finding that the the Pike Committee made that they they had verified 42 full-time Central Intelligence Agency paid employees that were inserted inside the major national news media centers. They're the producers and yeah. the directors. directors. They're the ones in charge of the Making CIA the people. decisions. Right. Uh, my notes are, I am not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not either. This, especially, I mean, especially now with fake news, I know Trump has kind of made that a thing. But, like, for a while now, people have long suspected. I mean, for me, when I, I was a Ron Paul supporter back in the day. Okay. Last time he ran... I should know, but I don't know. Last time he ran, he won, like, the Iowa primary. Okay. And it was a total media blackout. He won the primary, and all they talked about was who came in second and third, which, again, I should know, but I can't remember at this point. And so I remember um, Jon Stewart ran a story about, like, and he had clip after clip after clip of, like, all these media people talking about who came in second and third. And they're like, he's like, why aren't you mentioning who came in first? And it was Ron Paul, and it was, you know, people suspected he was a libertarian candidate. They didn't want him Mm -hmm. in the race. They didn't want him there at all. So they just, like, totally blacked him out. Like he didn't exist. Like he didn't exist. That's creepy. And it was, yeah, it was weird. And that was when I was first like, whoa. I almost wouldn't notice if you weren't looking. Yeah. Well, and it's so structured for how they want you to read it. Yeah. and, and, And even now, you can't escape news like you log into anything and there's news updates news mm-hmm. updates and from all these different and so. this is where you're supposed to be getting your news obviously like right. if you can't get it from them anyway that was <laughs> that was a fun tangent so <laughs> i'm sure you are, who are people. listening will have a lot to say about it as well i mean everybody at least this affects i think most everybody i know yeah they and they also show bill nye and that he was covering up the ufos which yeah. i was like no oh bill nye He's such a... I guess it's just the nostalgia factor from childhood. <laughs> I, I did not watch his new show on Netflix. Um, My husband uh, has a real problem, though, because he's not a real scientist. Okay, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I I will listen to you. I'm sure you know more than I do about that. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of said, like, you know, it's media, it's in the academics where they kind of showed Bill Nye. It's, mm-hmm. it's in all places where you're supposed to be getting these this information and they said like the CIA does their own studies about things and publishes them. And basically it's all made up. Well, and did you have anything I had in 1952 project blue book was launched mm-hmm. by the air force, but was that who made the Condon committee? Because that was the committee formed to debunk UFOs. I don't know. I think it was, they were trying to say like, so like I said, like studies were being done and stuff. 
to sort of sway the public. Right. So Project Blue Book was the government saying like, oh, we are looking into these UFOs. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. But really, you know, it's just they're saying it was a cover up to just kind of pacify the people and say they're not real. And Dr. Hynek, who apparently ran this thing or was part of it, came out on his deathbed saying like, oh, my job was basically try to debunk these UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. Like, my job wasn't to prove one way or the other. It was specifically to just say, no, not real for this reason, this reason, this reason. Yeah. Same thing with the Condon Committee. I think he was a professor or something that started mm -hmm. looking into it. Again, collusion with the CIA. Yeah, so there's um, all these different agencies to yeah. cover up what's happening. Yeah. And then we go into Act 3, The Lost Century. Act 3... They start off by telling us that we have lost 100 years of evolution on Earth. Hmm. And they go into talking about Tesla and how he was able to draw energy from empty space. Does Ryan know anything about this? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot about Tesla, and I really don't know a lot about him, because nothing sticks in my brain. But um, people say like he was just this genius who who was able to create this machine that created energy basically out of nothing. Yeah. Um, and of course he dies and they take all of his information and hide, away, hide it away forever. Oh, and then we have that. I don't remember who it is. I didn't write it down, but we're told that at some point they find this piece of plexiglass looking thing in a craft or around a craft, which turns out to be the energy source. Mm -hmm. They had a, a piece of, they thought with plexiglass, a rectangular piece of a plexiglass, for years before they figured out it was the energy device for the craft. And it was connected in such a manner that this device could power a very small watch up to a city. Power was determined by what the demand on it was. And so each craft had one of these. So much energy that it could just, like, power the world, basically, or something. Yeah, they, I don't know if it was Dr. Greer or who quotes it, and this isn't a quote, but they say at some in some form that we have the technology to change how we use the power and energy, um, but businesses won't allow it. So, yeah. yeah, we have this technology, but because they want to make money, we're not able to, to get access to yeah. it. Yeah, and like they suppress Tesla's work, they said that, you know, there's over 5,000 patents that have been confiscated due to national security reasons. Yeah. So, People creating amazing things that the government is just kind of sweeping under the rug or I don't, I, there might be some legit security reasons for one thing or another, but. Yeah. And then they keep using this, they, I mean, they bring up people, they bring up companies that are in business with the black ops people who are running the planet, apparently. Yeah. Um, and they keep using the word, uh, the word skunk works. Yeah. So Which, I, I hadn't heard that before. I hadn't either, but I looked it up, and it's a term used in business, engineering, and the technical field to describe a group within an organization given a high degree of autonomy and unhampered by bureaucracy with the task of working on advanced or secret projects. So I'm just going to throw that. You're going to hear that a lot in this documentary. And I was like, what the hell is this? Is that the name of his company? Like, I was like, who names the company Skunk Works? But no. Yep. It's just this term for basically people who can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Lockheed Martin is one of the companies mm -hmm. that they say has 
a man-made UFO and extraterrestrial UFOs. And um, Boeing is involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make some pretty, I guess, big accusations. Who's going to stop this from happening? The president doesn't know it's occurring. The Congress oversight committees have no idea what's going on. And you have these people who are in the deep national security state who basically do what they want. The problem is most of these inventors think that the world's going to beat a path to their door. Unfortunately, Murder Incorporated beats a path to their door first. Oh, then they they talk about, um, they have a few witnesses that say they actually witnessed hovering crafts. Like they went to like this launch of new military planes and jets and whatnot. And then they were taken to this hangar where they saw a craft hovering. Yeah. Then they, they also kind of talk about how UFOs have psychological warfare implications, which I think they said before, but this was from Walter Smith, who had been the CIA director. And so I guess they're trying to think about also the, what, what's it going to do if people see these hovering crafts and how's that going to affect us in the long run? Yeah. This will work. I guess we're really dark. It was kind of a downer towards the end here. I was yeah. just like, oh, Lord, if this any of this is true, like, we're screwed. Yeah. Um, they start talking about, like, false flag operations, which create the illusion of a threat, often by attacking yourself and mm-hmm. blaming the desired enemy. So, yeah. And Dr. Greer talks about how in Iraq, we went to Iraq, they didn't actually have weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. or they weren't found. And now we have ISIS because of that. And... Yeah. I mean, some people would even say, like, 9-11 was mm-hmm. an attack on ourselves. Many people believe that was perpetrated by mm-hmm. somebody yeah. in the U.S. government. Yeah, so it gets a little dark and, and starts to bring you down with this, like, yeah. their view of that we're attacking ourselves to make... War profiteering, basically, right. and yeah. control of, of the world. Like, somebody's ultimate goal is to rule us all. Yeah, they you know, they go on um, also to say... The government has the technology to mimic UFOs, and mm-hmm. they can they can use it to stage fake attacks. They talk about the cattle mutilations and the paramilitary program, and the abductees are the victims of the deep black program. So they they're really going hard here, saying that we don't know if we're really being attacked, but the government could be doing this. And they also showed footage from the movie Aliens, which kind of made me laugh. I was like, you know, finally something, something light here because, and, and they use that, I guess, to show like how the media makes us think that aliens are evil. Right. And it's like, well, the only reason they would come here would be to destroy us, but. Right. And I don't know. I was like, I don't really think that's the best. Uh, <laughs> it's a movie. We all, we all know it's a movie and uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a movies like E.T. though, that he uh, wasn't here to hurt us. I know, he but that lost. movie's still so scary. It's a childhood fear. I have a lot of those, but E.T. was... The scariest part of that was when he was in the closet, like, hiding. That freaked me out. It's when they, they're they in the cornfield or whatever, or that field outside of the house, and he's, like, running. He's like... Eh. Yeah, oh, that noise. Oh, yeah. that noise. That yes. scared me. And then when Elliot is, like, camping outside, and you see that creepy long finger mm-hmm. going to take the Reese's piece, I can't handle that. And then when he's dressed up as a woman, terrifying. <laughs> Just horrifying. Like, I don't... Keep your slimy space penis body out of out of the world. You should just be wearing a leotard like a normal alien. <laughs> like, okay? what is your body? What even is this going on? <laughs> Ugh, creepy. Did you ever see Mac and Me? 
I feel like I did, but it was very, very long time ago. I know. I just remember like them drinking Coca-Colas with straws. Anyway. I do the same thing. <laughs> See, aliens are like us. They're nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they talked a little bit about... He kind of mentioned like they were using robot aliens. Mm-hmm. Robotics to kind of fool people into believing in aliens. And then talking about people with defects and right. setting them up as... Aliens? Yeah. They uh, had these uh, people that had maybe some sort of defects, uh, antinomical defects that were uh, brought brought in to, 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 to fool people and thinking they're aliens. Yeah. Um, I can't give you any specifics because it's still the program is still classified, and they're, they're probably still doing it. I was like, so a guy's missing an arm? and Like, what kind of defects do you believe that you're talking to an alien instead of a real person? Like, is it the big eyes? Is it... Right, and, like, do they, like, for the rest of your life, you have to portray this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we'll, if you don't, you know, we'll kill you or... Yeah, yeah it, I, it was it was a bizarre little fact thrown in there. Fact, I don't know if it's fact, but snippet mm-hmm. where I was just like, wait, they're using people with like abnorm- weird abnormalities to pretend they're aliens. It was kind of, okay. Yeah, kind of kind of losing us at the end. Yeah, and then they kind of said, you know, if they're not, if they're not doing this just to mess with us, mess with us, they're doing it to like cover other things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look at this cattle mutilation over here. Don't pay attention to what we're doing over here. Yeah. Sort of a deal. We're Spraying crops with something. Right, but exactly. Here's the cattle mutilations. Yeah. <laughs> and he also, Dr. Greer, alleges that France has the protocol to make peaceful contact with UFOs. They learned protocols to make contact with these civilizations for peaceful engagement. So here you have a major country, a nuclear power, making a commitment to do this. Yeah, that but, was kind of his hope. Yeah. Saying that. There are governments that appear to be open to the idea of being open and honest and saying, yeah, if we get the chance, we would contact them peacefully, Mm -hmm. not just fire, you know, first. I guess my closing thought or what I took away from this movie was they're trying to, the message I received was that aliens could promote world peace um, and make our lives better. So I was like, give me that alien technology, like, cool. But we're never going to be able to have that because of these shadow government places. So bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know it was a real downer. It was some of the stuff they talked about or just, you know, how it would change our economy and how everyone could be self-efficient and, Mm -hmm. you know, people in poverty they don't they, need to be in poverty. They don't need to be in poverty. Or they wouldn't be in poverty with yeah. this with the, this technology and, and the abilities that the extraterrestrials would, would bring. Mm-hmm. And basically we're told, you know, it's like a select few that are ruling our entire world, which I think most of us believe anyway, like super rich. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're making money on their oil or their weapons or whatever. Yeah. And they're happy that way. So... Yeah, it's it didn't really leave you with like a, a hopeful feeling. It was more like we need to make a change and I don't know how we're gonna make this change, but I mean as far as I know, Dr. Greer hasn't been put in prison. No. Um I think 
I don't most people just would laugh at him, I guess is how he's not perceived as a threat to exposing everything. But uh, there's so many theories about this, because I listen to a lot of weird podcasts. And people are talking about how it seems like lately more and more stuff is being allowed to trickle into the media. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to wonder, is this because they're going to use it against us eventually? Mm-hmm. Because they did talk about, we didn't really touch on that. They did talk about like, they're going to start using this alien technology to make ships and basically scare everyone into coming together so that they can, you know, one group of people rules the entire earth. Like mm-hmm. That is their ultimate goal, theoretically. Yeah. So now, now you see it. You're like, okay, yeah, they're declassifying these. There's more of these documentaries coming out, more people speaking out. Is it just to unify us all, to scare us all? Or is it because, thanks to the internet, thanks to whistleblowers, more of this stuff is just coming out? Yeah. I don't know. We will keep our fingers to the pulse <laughs> and figure it out someday, maybe. I don't know. It's been going, I mean, all this stuff's been going on for a very long time, so. What are your thoughts on uh, actual UFOs and extraterrestrials being here and crashing or being uh, around us at any given moment? (laughs) I guess with the crashing, I'm wondering, why did they crash? They have such (laughs) great technology. Was one of them drunk flying this I know, you always hear, like, they they flew across the universe just to crash on our planet. Okay, well, that's a bummer. I mean, I'm not... Saying I don't believe that they could be here, but again, until I have an experience of my own, it's hard for me to say, yes, there's aliens. I mean, I I still believe, I'm sure there's something out there somewhere, somewhere, but um, are they really that interested in in us? Especially if, like they said, there are two to six other developed non-human civilizations, like Maybe they're just like, screw these people, they're terrible. We're, <laughs> we're you know, going to watch them for a while, but we don't, just there's nothing don't that they have. Don't bring your nukes to space. Yeah. Please. There's nothing they have that we really want or I need. I feel like we're kind of like the North Korea of the universe. Like, <laughs> they've got ships off the coast just to make sure we don't hurt anybody else. Yeah. But, like, you know, do what you gotta do. Good, good analogy. I like that. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I... I don't know why they would want to keep coming back here. Like, yeah, I, I don't do think have? they're trying to probe our butts. I mean, there's no reason. They're just here to make babies with Stan. <laughs> Stan. Oh, God. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to us again. We appreciate it, and we hope that you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoy being able to get together and talk about these documentaries yeah. that not a lot of other people we know close to us yeah. would watch with us. So <laughs> thankfully we have each other. So And I, w- I would recommend you watch this one. It was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's a bit long. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. So just... You might need some tissues. It made me cry. Oh, I'm sorry you cried. That sucks. <laughs> I'm better now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Like I, I would definitely watch this one before I would watch um, the conspiracy theory. Did we really land on the moon? Because this this seemed to be a little bit more legitimate and very well put together. Yeah, yeah. Please find us on all the social media, Mysterious AF. We would love to hear from you. Emails, comments, just reach out. We yeah, give us your UFO story. Like yeah, we ask for um, any stories you. UFO stories. Also, 
give Verbal Distillery a listen. Celesta is one of the hosts on that podcast, and they also talk about some weird stuff, but they also review whiskey. Yeah. That's so, the best part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I listen. I am not a huge whiskey drinker, but I appreciate their insight, and I've actually been able to be on and drink with them, so it's it's a good time. So Keep your eyes up. Have a great, great evening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>